0: Welcome to today's podcast brought to you by Market Scale. I'm Sean Heath, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with Andrew Rittler, the executive director of the Greater Dallas Restaurant Association. Andrew, how are you today?
1: I'm terrific. Thanks for having me. I
0: appreciate it. I have to say, I'm very proud of myself. I didn't even make a Batman joke.
1: Oh, yeah? Good.
0: I had a feeling you'd appreciate that. So let's, I have to say, I'm really, really have just a ton of questions in my head that I want to ask you because you, you exist in a very broad sort of spectrum. You're not technically just food and beverage. You're not just retail. You're not just hospitality. You're that synergy of all of those different industries coming together. So you have a, a unique sort of perspective on all three of those industries both individually and as a whole. So let's talk about first the challenges that restaurants are facing with, you know, Uber Eats and uh the new click direct grocery delivery. I would imagine that the challenge to get people to come out to restaurants is only getting more
1: intense. I, I you hit the nail on the head. I think what you what you'll find as a whole if you take the time to read a lot of the publications out there today that talk about this is that there is a tendency for dining to be a little flat and so actually going into those restaurants is one of those things that um you know people uh you know people have so many different options out there now blue apron and uh you know favor and grubhub do i want to get order in do i want to order out these are all challenging the palette of everyone across the Metroplex and across the nation, frankly, to figure out, you know, what are, where are these, you know, what, what, route do I want to go? Because there's so many different, different opportunities with, with regards to that. So yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of challenges and navigating those challenges is what a restaurateur uh, faces each and every day. And yes, we do cross over into the retail aspect because oftentimes, when a developer looks at building a new development within the Metroplex, they really focus on building anchors that are restaurants that people want to go to. And so they're faced with that, you know, they're faced with that that issue of, of you know, do I want to go to that restaurant? Do I want to, you know, sit down? Do I want fast casual, which is, you know, where you walk in, you get the food and they bring it to your table with a number or, you know, like a Panera bread or a snappy salads or do I want to sit down, you know, and uh, and have a good meal at Del Frisco's or or even uh, Brinker for that matter, or, you know, or uh, Chili's, if you will, on the border and that kind of stuff. So um, these are the things that are coming at us as consumers. And, uh, and the challenges on the restaurateur side is to really distinguish yourself from your c- competition. And that's really where um you know coupling that with all the other extraneous challenges there's so many different things that that a restaurant owner needs to keep in mind in in this market nowadays
0: a benefit that a traditional restaurant would have had in the recent past would have been the quality of the dish the the skill and the product that their kitchen is able to put on the diner's table it seems like that advantage is becoming a little less important it's a, It's still definitely a part of the equation, but it also seems as if the environment, the uh, the parking, the uh, just the sort of whole setting and the I guess feel is the word that I'm looking for, that really becomes almost half of the experience.
1: You're exactly right. When you look at a Yelp review or you look at a, a, a Facebook review or a Google review of a restaurant in a lot of cases, Yes, the the food will be one of those aspects that people will judge a restaurant quality um, and, you know, a quality outcome of, you know, going to a restaurant and the experience. But what goes into it now, as you as you hit on so 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 well is the aesthetics, the aesthetics of the restaurant, the uh, you know, how attentive was the waiter and the wait staff. I go to a place like Hillstone okay the restaurant there and i when i'm going to go into a restaurant as the executive director of the restaurant association you have a tendency to look at the entire experience holistically and so in you know above and beyond just the food the flavors the presentation you look at how the wait staff you know works together as a team how they deliver that experience that overall comprehensive experience and that again Becomes part of the competition that you're working against or with, you know, within the industry uh, to challenge folks to want to say, hey, you know what? I walked out of that restaurant. It was a great experience. I think I want to come back. That goes right to
0: the critical need for marketing and brand consistency because. From the parking lot, the sign outside, to the door, to the greeting, to the host hostess station, to your table, to your wait staff, to your bar staff, to the kitchen staff, they all have to be on board. They all have to really have a singular focus on carrying out that brand
1: plan. Absolutely. If, if your entire front of the house team, and frankly, the back of the house, meaning your dishwasher, I mean, dishwashers are an important aspect. Um, you know, nobody, t- everybody takes for, you know takes for granted the fact that you have a dish that has to be cleaned after it's used and sterilized, and <laughs> there are processes that restaurants must follow to make sure that they're you know delivering a, a, a sanitary appliance from that standpoint. So there is it the it is imperative that the back of the house work in tandem with the front of the house, uh, and everything from the the hostess that greets you at the door. Uh, to that waiter or waitress uh, that's bringing you the bill, and the manager that stops by to say, Hey, how's your experience going? And how can I make that better? They have now to. having
0: work. spent, they have to work together. If that's right. Having spent some time myself in the restaurant industry, there is a marked difference now in that career compared to 20 years ago. 20 years ago, it wasn't that rare to find people who wanted to be actors, but who were supplementing themselves. I think the joke was uh, most waiters were amateur actors or most professional actors were unemployed waiters. I can't remember how the joke goes, but it seems like that has sort of changed and the workforce now that you would want... To put your best face forward from the server side, from the front of the house, back of the house side, they may be running around with an eye towards becoming a YouTube star, which is much more accessible to them than getting some spot on Walker Texas Texas Ranger 25 years ago. How difficult is it really to hire and retain these strong, solid employees these
1: days? Yeah, this is you you are absolutely touching on an issue that I think is the one of the single biggest issues that we face in this industry today, and frankly, the service industry as a whole, if you look across the hotel the hotel years in, in in the area, you look at the restaurants and the the higher-end concepts and even the, the the fast casual concepts, the single biggest issue is finding a workforce to work in these positions. It's simply that one of the biggest challenges that we have. Um, I think that the focus of a good organization that is representing an industry like restaurants or hotels or is as a whole is, a, is, is geared towards um, tourism, that is geared towards entertainment, that is geared towards creating quality of life scenarios for people that are desirable uh, is going to be a workforce. We have to uh, focus very heavily on that. Uh, it's one of the missions of our organization is really uh, in the past, we had really uh, focused on the education in the culinary and restaurant management aspects. But we had done it to the second, you know, the high school kids and and, and touched some on the colleges. But it's become a shift in our mission to really focus on improving the industry itself. So those folks that are already in it, um, that, that have already said, you know what, this is something that I want to do. I like to do it. It's providing them with the skills and knowledge that they need to really make this a career and not just a, hey, I'm waiting tables on Fridays and Saturday nights. It becomes an issue where they really want to take on managerial roles, where they want to take on opportunities to understand the business better. And so that's the focus of what we're trying to do. We're trying to really, you know, really trying to to push that as an opportunity. And I think that's the big challenge that we face today in the industry, really across the board, across the country, is how do we keep all these restaurants filled with employees that are willing and able to do the do the position?
0: and keeping it filled with customers is a major challenge and i'm torn between saying that it is it is a socially based challenge versus a generationally based challenge but ultimately whatever the cause that customer experience is number one that's the primary no goal point. and 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 that to me let's talk about the customers for just a second i've always been curious how does a How does a a company balance the need to market for repeat customers versus new customers? How do you balance that sort of healthy mix between the two?
1: I think it really takes a marketing entity and organization within a restaurant group or the owner operator who's doing the marketing themselves. It takes a mindset to know that uh, to have a really good idea of what your expectation can be in, in your dining room on a day-to-day basis. So if you know that you're going to have and we call them covers in this industry, they're basically tables. number of people and the number of color, covers you turn over in a given time is going to you know is going to help you understand what your revenue projections will look like. Over the course, it's an of, important metric. Absolutely, over the course of three months, six months, nine months a year, you can have a, a pretty good idea, as you know, based on your covers, you know where your revenue is 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 currently currently going to be. But the other aspect of that is trying to figure out if I have seats that are open, how can I optimize the space within my restaurant to bring in a new market that has not traditionally been sought after. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I talk about corporations a lot and the corporate mindset of, you know, productivity is key right now. Um, people are getting away from the social aspects of a company. I, you know, case in point, the number of Christmas parties that a lot of restaurants experienced last year was absolutely down uh, compared to years in the years in the past. And that's even in spite of the positive economic trends that we're seeing. So what we're seeing is corporations are looking to optimize the work day and the work pr- uh, output of their employees uh, and still, you know, and, 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 you know, still be able to have some sort of a social opportunity within the workplace. But really the focus is how do we get that productivity? And so it behooves uh, an entrepreneurial individual within these marketing, um, you know, the marketing groups and within the, you know, the owner themselves to really examine how can you do what's called a private dining program where you would actually reach out to a, a sales. Like if there's a, if there's a group of folks that have a sales team and they have a regular meeting on a uh, monthly basis, perhaps you market to them have your sales meeting at our restaurant and we'll provide you with the audio we'll have breakfast, we'll have a fixed price set menu. You know what you can expect on a consistent basis. And by marketing in that way, it gives a restaurant an opportunity to understand and realize regular revenue input uh, that they can expect. So it's taking that balance of that restaurant that is not being filled, say to lunch, lunchtime, or breakfast, and looping that into being able to have a guaranteed revenue stream. In addition to having the regular uh, customer coming off the street and say, "Hey, this is a this is a restaurant I want to eat at."
0: Which turns that into a corporate alternative from having a a meeting in the boardroom to a meeting over a cheese board.
1: Exactly. And so, and what that does essentially in the mind of the, the employees is that it creates a neutral location. Okay. So it's not just this, you know, in, in this boardroom that, you know, I'm, you know, I've come in the same boardroom for my review and my review was not that great. But it gives it gives them an alternative approach. It gives the corporation the opportunity to say, hey, we're giving you guys something. Uh, and in the, at the same time, there's an expectation that from this meeting, we'll, we will emerge with you know whatever goals and achievements that we need to have. So it's really being able to tap into non-traditional marketing opportunities that restaurants have available that they haven't done so in the past. And that is really the trend that we're going to start to see as more and more folks realize that there are so many restaurants in this area. The competition is fierce, but we also need to be able to market uh, to, to a, 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 a workforce that is not going out to lunch as much as they used to. They're not going and dining to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take a lunch break. People don't have time for lunch breaks now. So it's bringing the lunch break to them. And
0: when they, when they do have the time to sit down for a meal, it has to be just logically it has to be right it needs to be the service needs to be attentive and crisp the food needs to be correct you it needs to be efficient in all aspects and i think that probably lead, leads me to this next point let's talk about the future of dining a little bit you know we mentioned some of the food delivery services we mentioned some of the change from a corporate perspective but it seems as if There has to be a concerted effort, a renewed effort in education and both internal and external courses being developed for restaurant owners and employees to help revitalize the industry.
1: There's no question. One of the things that we strive for is continuing education to help these uh, restaurateurs understand that. In fact, this month, we're talking exactly of that um, on the on the 29th with. One of our members, a triple Uh triple Seat's going to present what the private dining program looks like. Now they do a software that helps and assists with uh, banquet event order forms, but on the, but they're an education company as well. They're geared towards helping restaurateurs understand and realize regular revenue uh, streams and opportunities. So so one of the, the services that we offer as a restaurant industry is really a, an opportunity to do webinars and in-person classes on how to, uh, you know, how to better gear your restaurant to the changing needs of the workforce and the dining uh, population today. And I would say too that you talked about the changing future of dining. I think that one of the biggest examples of how we're going to see dining changing in the future is probably Legacy Hall that opened up in Plano. Uh, this is a concept that was opened by front burner restaurants, uh, who are actually members of our organization. Um, but it creates a, uh, it, it's capturing a very European model. And that is the, the idea of a dining hall where you have a myriad. It's basically a food court. Uh, they share a, a single operational bar on multiple levels. Um, but the restaurant concepts are more or less, it's sort of like having a food truck parked inside of a building. And so I think you're going to see diners wanting to have these types of options available to them where I can go over to, you know, Knife and grab uh, a small, you know, some sliders from John Tizar and his folks over there, um, who's a, and or go over to a, another concept where you can get, you know, you know Thai chicken skewers. And so be able to have these options available, uh, I think is really the future of where we're going with the, with dining, uh, particularly on the fast casual side and catering to a business environment that really has a limited amount of time, uh, yet a desire to have a really interesting uh, varietal experience.
0: Well, I think moving forward, the restaurant industry is is really going to be a fascinating space to watch. I will end with this question. When is the executive director of the greater Dallas Restaurant Association more than just that? The answer, when he is an industry thought leader named Andrew Rittler. Andrew, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really have enjoyed this.
1: Me too. Thank you very much for your time.
0: I appreciate it. I hope you have a great day, and I look forward to talking to you again down the road. You bet. We look forward to it as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast, if you want to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.